0: even a man who is pure in heart and says his prayers by night they become a wolf when the wolf vein blooms and the autumn moon is bright
1: they know how to make you smile you're already here why don't you stay a while Get back relax you freaks they're playing all the tricks and taking all of the treats grab a whiskey and hang on tight smoke that bong with all your might. They write books but that ain't all. One's short and smooth and
2: one is hairy and tall. It's Vital Social Issues and Stuff with Chris and John Wayne. They argue about everything and they drive each other so insane. Vital Social Issues and Stuff with Chris and John Wayne. It's Vital Social Issues
1: and Stuff with Chris and John Wayne. Best buds talking book of the week And all the horror stuff that they think is neat Hanging loose through in ridiculous reads Not cause we deserve it, cause it's what we need
2: Vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne We argue about everything and drive each other so insane Vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne Vital Social
1: Issues and Stuff with Chris and John Wayne. Welcome to Vital Social Issues and Stuff with Chris and John Wayne. I am John Wayne. What is up, everybody? Ah, so excellent to be here again. I am, of course, joined by my amazing co-host with me as always, Christopher Triana. Christopher, you're giving two
2: thumbs up. Two thumbs up, because we're back with more Monster Mash.
1: Ooh, more monsters. Now, you've got, like, um, you're bundled up a little bit. It's weird. It's cold in where you are in the complex. Yes. You're on a complex. It's very, you've got fingerless gloves. I, I do. I, is that, like, a, a warm thing, or is that a rocky thing?
2: Uh, it's, it's both. A it's, little it's, bit it's of both. both. Yeah. Okay. Cool,
1: cool, I was going to say, I've got my fingerless gloves, too. And, you know, I'm like, yo, yeah, I like black. You like black? You know, it's got a tiger <laughs> on it. I like tiger. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Like, you know. Uh, no, it's it's both. Um, you know, it's uh, it's oil is very expensive, particularly right now. So mm-hmm. I keep it at about sixty degrees in my house. Uh, sometimes a little colder even, because mm-hmm. uh, I'm I I'm cheap and I don't want to spend money on oil. Uh, so yeah, I, I've got my cardigan sweater. Let me let me show you the cardigan because the cardigan is the really something else. It. Yeah.
1: Cloth, you're wearing this cardigan. Yeah, people at home, if you can't, uh, if you're yeah. not watching, you're listening. I'm Christmas wrecking Christmas, everything or, here. Uh, no, you're fine. He's got a very uh, awesome Halloween, the, like the movie Halloween uh, mm-hmm. cardigan styled very stylishly uh, with all the things, the accoutrements. Oh, look at that. Michael Myers on the back. Uh, he's got a knife. You know that. His, you know, his famous line. Look at my knife. From Look Halloween. at my knife.
2: Yeah, that was his, uh, that was his catchphrase. Famous yeah.
1: catchphrase from Michael mm-hmm. Myers, you know.
2: Yeah, yep. um, that's very true. Uh, uh, yeah. Of, uh, fam- uh,
1: famous. Go ahead. What?
2: Oh, I was just gonna say, I'm, I'm very excited about this cardigan because I, I feel like I'm like a horror professor when I wear it, you Ooh. know? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, all right, little girls, sit in my lap and I will read to you from uh Dracula.
1: We just <laughs> had to a weird place, but I think you could leather <laughs> patches put on the uh elbows too, they could be like Ooh. human skin. Because, oh, there you know go, I mean, yeah. then you can... That might-
2: that might be good horror. for like that might be good for like a Leatherface one uh yeah there, there's this this company makes them um uh, middle of beyond and i i've eyed them for a while because i just thought they were so funny that they even existed uh and they have several other horror uh movie ones that they do like there's a return of the living dead one that i bought for my buddy greg for his birthday uh because you know that's his favorite movie uh and there's several other ones including a Leatherface one but uh they're usually very expensive um but uh, they had a big year-end sale with uh, drastic markdown, so I, I was like, you know what, I'm going to get them, and I'm happy I did. It's not itchy, very cozy, very well made. Uh, I, you know, like I'm not even getting paid to, to say all this. Oh, I was so just to say, Chris, you just, yeah. you
0: just
1: uh, people at home who are not watching, Chris just put on a, a a hat and he's got a pennant that he's waving that both say Middle Beyond dot com. So I'm, <laughs> yes. not sure, I, I'm not sure what's happening.
0: Of course,
2: I'm so- we're going to flash it on the bottom of the screen too yeah. uh, i don't know um uh, no it's just it's just like it's not that, a, that it's a sweater where like the images are like pasted on it's uh, actually woven in to the material itself it's actually a, like a knit pattern a well-made so, knit sweater and metal beyond has a lot of cool shit. they have rugs they have all kinds
1: of jackets and stuff that are reversible that are pretty sweet too mm-hmm. And, and Christmas like, ornaments, and if they would like to pay us to advertise, hey, well, please reach out middle beyond we know, yes. we know you need us. Uh, speaking of of knowing things and being professors of horror. Uh, that brings us to our guest. I gotta introduce our guest in here. You know what I'm saying? Uh, We have a guest. We have a guest. As you know, uh, listeners out there, we're we're doing a a new series right now. The the Universal Monsters, a monster series. We're getting to the nitty gritty of monsters. And we're taking each one uh, a step at a time, an episode at a time, even Mm -hmm. Um, from the episodes at the end when there were no footsteps. It's because I was carrying you. Uh, But uh, to help us carry us through this entire episode, please, we have a returning guest. He is an amazing author, artist, graphic designer. Uh, you know him, you love him. Scott Cole is here. What's up, dude? Yay!
0: Hello.
3: How's it going, Hello. everybody? Welcome, Welcome back, to... Scott. Welcome back. Good to see you, as Likewise. always. See you both.
1: Yes, always good to have you here. Always good to talk to you. See your sweet yep. face and your, your, your adoring countenance coming through my screen. And just a nice <laughs> time.
3: Ooh. I unfortunately do not have a uh, a cardigan like like Chris's. I just have the uh, standard issue black hoodie, but
2: I, I do see the blanket though, the Halloween blanket. Oh yes,
3: you. yes. You can maybe just wrap it around it.
2: you and. You That's know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I will, but uh, right, not, right. not at the moment, but uh, <laughs> but yes, I could do that. And I often do.
1: <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> as is your given right as an American citizen. That's right. I'll wear a to, blanket. <laughs> I fight to the death. You're right. To, to yeah, this a blanket.
2: this country has a, has a great uh, a great track record with what we did with blankets.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, <clears throat> uh, man we're we're stepping all over it in this one. Uh, oh, well, here's right. what I'm wearing. I actually I'm wearing a, a Zardoz shirt from uh, Zardoz. Our friends at Atomic Cotton. Oh, nice. out and uh, yeah, you you probably see Atomic Cotton people at, 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 at the Atomic Cotton folks at, at cons and stuff. Uh, Eric and Zach—they're awesome. Um And this mm. show, this shirt glows yeah. in the dark too, bitches.
2: Ooh. Oh shit!
0: Mm-hmm. But uh, oh
2: damn! But what anyway, I'm waiting uh, for is for you to get the outfit from Zardoz. That's what I'm waiting for. You,
1: <laughs> I I'm putting it out here now, listeners. If you can find me the outfit from Zardoz, look it up. If you don't know, just Google image search Sean Connery.
2: Definitely Google search and, that if you have not and, seen it. Definitely do that right now.
1: And and if you can, somebody can get me that outfit. I will wear it behind the table. Yes, I believe it. Unless they ask me not like to leave or something. (laughs) They might, they might. Yeah. (laughs) You
2: might be asked to leave.
1: but i'll be like like, the penis the (laughs) penis the guns (laughs) is my penis and like just shit like that
3: you immediately get banned from youtube and every
0: all podcast platform everything everything
2: yeah (laughs) i'm Uh, everything 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 except Pornhub,
0: like it'll be there. a sensation.
2: You'll be a sensation on there. I'm, I'm doing
1: like a, I follow the conventions around, but just set up across the street, like at the Long John Silver's or some shit. Like you know, kind of like I'll <laughs> head in the Angry Inch style. Like <laughs> I'm like I can't go in there, but I'm over here selling my shit. Long Johns, come through. We got hush puppies. <laughs> at
2: Long John Silver's.
0: Yep. that's that's
2: perfect. That's a perfect spot. Set up a table, sell some horror. You know. Exactly. Hey, why
1: not? Two great right. tastes, right? Sure. And you're a professor, <laughs> yeah. you know. I am.
2: <laughs> I mean, you could I, you could tell by my sweater, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. But uh, it's awesome to have you here, Scott. We appreciate you coming on, man. It's always a pleasure to have you. So, thanks again. I
3: appreciate you having me.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. We uh. We like to do a little thing up at the top uh, that, that has just been called John Wayne's Wheat Corner, uh, where we just talk about getting high and, and you know legal laws. And, and uh, by jolly, golly, uh, Chris, I, I think that there's some good news uh, coming here on your horizon there. Is oh, right?
2: my God. Yes. Tomorrow is the big day. Is the big day where all, all of the uh, dispensaries open. Yeah. Here this Here in tonight. Connecticut. <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> great. A titty pipe. I think you showed it to me before, but I forgot. Uh, no, yeah, no. so all the all the uh, dispensaries in Connecticut open tomorrow.
1: Are you gonna are you planning on going on opening day? <laughs> nah,
2: nah. It'll just be crowded in lines and I don't need any right now. I already have some some stuff. So I'm good
1: that's exciting though it's a fan is there one have you mapped out one like close to your location the compound yeah yeah I, I will be ones... going to this one and yes uh...
2: yes which is nice because now I don't have to drive all the way to Massachusetts anymore you because right. that, that was like an hour drive to go to the dispensary the closest one to me across the border uh so now yeah there's one like 15 minutes away so very nice well, I guess you got to suffer for your whatever um, for you know, your for, for your high <laughs> or whatever,
1: uh, dude, I totally broke my uh, nectar collector. Did I, that, did I tell you that last time? I don't know if I, I don't did. think so. I don't yeah, think the, so. The one that looked like that big glass syringe from uh ReAnimator. Remember? Oh right, yeah, that thing. Yeah. Okay, so I got like a little baby, dick, just regular one, no pomp, no circumstance, all like guts and glory. So very nice, back, everybody. We're back. We,
2: we Carrie was talking on when she was on the show last time. She was talking about the the vape pens and I tried one and I fucking hated it. I absolutely right. hated
1: it. You you called yeah. we were taught we were chatting and I was like you're like oh, I don't like this. I was like you're about to be high as hell though. Did you did it get you pretty high? well
2: oh, yeah, it worked, but it was it, it was not worth uh what I had to do to get there. <laughs> it's just it was very painful. It hurt my lungs. I coughed like crazy. I really disliked it. Uh you know for this it's like it, it was felt like I was smoking. You know, and I'm like well if I'm going to do this, you know like might as well just smoke, you know, but I don't like smoking or, or as it turns out, I don't like the vaping either. I'll just stick to my little gummy bears and my tinctures and just leave it at that. And that's fine. But
1: like, I, even though when I was texting you a lot of times, I like, I don't like to use vape pens at all, like for tobacco or anything, because yeah. they're oftentimes way more harsh, like far right. harsher than actually just smoking a bowl or smoking. A yeah.
2: Well, I, I was curious about that. And I, when I read up on it, um, you know, it's, I mean, there's still a lot of debate about it. There's has been enough, they haven't been around long enough to really do a a long-term kind of research on it. Uh, But it's generally believed that the vaping is, uh, vaping tobacco is a little better for you than cigarettes because you're not getting the tar and everything. Um, But you're still getting these chemical compounds that are not good for you uh, to breathe in. Um, But apparently from everything I had read, uh, the the vaping tobacco is a little healthier than smoking tobacco, but oddly enough, smoking weed is a little healthier than vaping weed. So it's weird. It's like a, an opposites thing with with the tobacco versus the marijuana. So not sure why that is, but apparently it's something to do with uh, uh, something that makes it so the THC THC can be released. It's something. It's some like. Some vitamin E compound or something that's really, really bad for you to breathe in, but mm-hmm. it doesn't exist in vape pens for tobacco because it's not needed, but it is in the marijuana vape pens. So it's apparently terrible for you.
1: So <laughs> let me ask you this. You didn't like it. Are you like, is it is it just put in a drawer somewhere like there? Like so, like when maybe like in the middle, like I'll probably give it One to late, somebody late you know. night sometime if you're like, man, I could really
2: Nah, it's, nah, it's, 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 I, I, I hate it. It, off of it. No, it's just it's too painful and bad, and I'm and I'm too, too sensitive about my lungs and too concerned about that. I don't, if, That's why I don't smoke.
1: You know. What if I come, and I take a big hit off of the the vape, and then I, I put my mouth gently on yours and kiss the smoke in <laughs> you, and, and I because then it's all that, like, oh, you're you making it. I
2: mean? You're making it worse.
1: <laughs> Am I? I think Definitely. it's better. I think it might be less harsh we'll see when I get there. We'll see Scott,
2: I, Scott, what do you what do you think? do you do you partake or do you not want to talk about that on the show or
3: i I do not i i okay. uh, I just I, I drink tea um nice,
1: very nice. So,
3: <laughs>
1: that's okay. The, yeah, I, I was
3: not prepared for uh, for this line of questioning. Um,
2: <laughs> gotcha was we well, not
3: gotcha. I was not aware that this was a uh, a science podcast.
2: Uh, no, no,. Uh, no uh, <laughs> definitely not uh um, well, well when carrie was on it was kind of kind of was she really knows her stuff yeah i was great. gonna
3: say i i actually i was just listening to that one and yeah. I was like, wow this is a lot of math, so yeah.
2: math. <laughs> i,
0: I thought like, i was just so gonna tune math.
3: in and listen to horror, like horror movie and book uh, stuff and my head hurts now oh so. uh, sorry sorry <laughs> no, yeah, we did, no
2: i'm just kidding <laughs> we, we did go on for a while <laughs> go for a while and i don't and I, I don't want the show to become cheech and chong you know i don't want it to be all about weed so uh maybe we can we can move on and get to the heart because this I, is i fully, su- we don't I get fully to... support
3: it so you know, okay whatever you, whatever you want to do
2: thank you for supporting <laughs> our our drug addictions yes. <laughs>
1: well fair enough um, um, um but so that's that's. i'm glad you had your adventures in vaping we'll call it and uh and you learned, and you know you're moving on, and you know uh, where you're where you're at. But I'm excited. It's, it's uh, the I, tinctures, I baby. To uh, I look forward to updates when you do go to the uh, dispensaries that open in in your part of the world. Oh
2: yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I just yeah, you know, I don't go to anything on opening day. Fuck that. I don't like crowds.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. Uh, but I am excited to hear how it how how it is uh, up there when mm-hmm. you go. So we'll talk about that on the future episodes. But uh, we'll. But for now, um, you know, like I said, we we got Scotty, uh, so Scotty here to talk about some monsters with us, so we should keep yes. this train rolling. Let's do it. Um, yeah, Chris. You so know- does that want
2: to does that want to get us into our our first segment then? Let's,
1: let's do it. Let's segment it up, dude.
2: All right, it's time for book of the week. <laughs> Book! There you go. Book! Book! (laughs) Book! (laughs) Ready. Very good. Uh, So, so, Scott Cole uh, is our guest. Uh, He's a fabulous author, and he's got a new book he wants to talk about. Um, So why don't you go ahead and take it away, Scott. Tell us about your book. Sure.
3: Well, my latest release is right here. It's entitled Departures. Nice. And it is a short story collection, uh, 10 different short stories, um, all kind of on the uh weird horror end. Um, are also kind of, uh, I would say semi firmly in the uh just modern weird fiction uh genre or subgenre. Hmm. So, uh, there's a uh Uh, The opening story features a um, character who's a new homeowner and discovers a giant egg hidden behind a door in his new home. Um, There's another tale about a uh, a person who's new in town and they discover that the town has a cemetery that seems to be completely walled off from the rest of the town. Um, A... A uh, man whose neighbor builds his own noise machine to help get to sleep at night. And the machine takes on a life of its own, wakes up and causes some havoc.
2: So um, on and sen- so on. Sentient, yeah. sentient noise machines. That's right. Got to watch yeah. out for those. Now, are these stories, <laughs> uh, are they reprints from anthologies you've been in? Or are they new stories or a mixture?
3: Uh, it is a mix. Yeah. Um, So let me see, I forget how many
2: of each, but yeah, a few of them appeared in,
3: in anthologies uh, over the past few years. Um, But then you have others that are brand new that are exclusive to the collection. Yeah. Several, several originals in there as well. So.
2: Is this your first short story collection release?
3: It is my second,
0: actually. My my first
3: one was called slices and that was. Oh, um, right. Right. Yeah. That was a lot of uh, like shorter, shorter stories, um, a few longer ones, but mostly like a lot of flash fiction um, shorter pieces and a lot more kind of skewing bizarro or absurdist in some way. Um, but the this is I guess a, a little a little bit away from that a little more horror.
2: Nice uh, yeah. I, I'm, I, I I'm proud not- of
3: it. it. came out last year and
2: uh, yeah, it's doing well. Good, good I'm yeah. glad. John Wayne, you were going to say was, something?
1: Yeah, a little inside baseball. I remember, uh, Scott, wasn't it uh, when Slices came out at, for Scares at Care, the boxes didn't arrive? Isn't that... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, mm-hmm. and like, you were like, yeah. oh, they're supposed to be here. And we were all like, oh, God, I hope they get here. And they like, they did, totally didn't get there. Oh, uh, like,
3: that was oh. terrible. Yeah, that could, because uh, Slices was was my second book. So I had been to the Scares, uh, I think, two years in a row. And I only had my first book out. And then finally... Uh, yeah. Got the second <laughs> release out, and it got it came out just before, just like a, f- uh, a few weeks before Scares of Care, and uh, yeah, the boxes did not show up in time. It, it, I don't know what happened. It, it took forever, and I had to uh, reroute them to the hotel, and they just didn't show up until like two days after the convention oh, was God over.
2: Damn it! That's dude. the like, worst. So I, then I had to
3: get them rerouted back home because I was no longer there.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I that have, is I the have worst. A- I have a few times uh in the last couple of years of being on the road had books shipped to the hotel that the convention is going to be at maybe like a handful of times like four times total but every time i do it scott i fuck. i think of that story i'm like oh. yeah just terrified <laughs> that it won't please show up let yeah. them get, please let them be there you know yeah but uh, it was
3: it was a sad weekend yes
1: <laughs> yeah but you know, hey, we're able to laugh at it now, right?
2: Ah. <laughs> oh, your your first book was was that Triple X? Was that your first one?
3: No, uh, first book was Super Ghost.
2: Okay, all so right. Super
3: Ghost, then Slices, then Triple X, then Crazy Times, and now Departures.
1: And Super Ghost okay. was uh, also your new Bizarro author series book. Yes. Um, and then, but you have since also, you have re-released that recently with an extra story in it as well. Yes, actually. I, have, I, have, I got picked that up for me uh, at The Last Scares, actually. Yeah. There it is with the new, new cover. cover. Yeah, hell yep. yeah. yeah. Nice.
3: And it's got a, yeah, I, I revised it and, you know, made some, made some edits and uh, also wrote a, uh, a short story that is a prequel um, about the, uh, the mad scientist in that story as a child. And so that's like a a bonus because I didn't I didn't want to just reissue the book and, and have it be the exact same thing. You know,
2: I thought Yeah. That's yeah. yeah, always good to throw in a new extra if you're bonus re- material. Printing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh with you mentioned as a new cover. you you do all your own covers now. I do, yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah. so far. Uh, except and, and for you all- I was just gonna say, except for uh there was a, a Thunderstorm Books a limited edition of ah. uh triple X uh that Eric Wilson did the cover for. But other than that, yeah, I've done all of my own so far.
2: Yeah, you do really good cover work, too. Um, And you've you've done cover work for other authors as well. I have, Uh, yeah. If people are looking for uh, good cover art or looking to have uh, books formatted as well, which you also do, um, do. what's the best place for them to reach out to you?
3: Um... I mean, I'm, I'm on various social medias. You can reach out to me there, but maybe the best place would just be to go uh, to my website, which is 13visions.com. It's the number 13 and visions, plural. Um, and uh, yeah, you find contact info there. You can see some of my past work, um, covers I've done for other authors uh, like Brian Smith, Matt Serafini, Patrick Lacey. And I've done interior work as well, like you said, for people such as, Somebody John John Wayne? Fuck that guy. Uh, no. Yeah. Never heard of him. Never
1: heard of him. I don't never remember his name. But yeah. yeah. All the um, interior design and layout for deadline. Um, you did yeah. all
2: Dude are you talking about that that racist old cowboy actor? Is that who you're talking about?
1: Well, hell, well hell, <laughs> hold on there now, little lady. I uh, know oh, you're a professor and everything. Um but yeah, That's no, it's got you do you do that, but you do like the layouts of like what I was talking about earlier. Uh you helped me with the layout for my the artwork for the box that my tarot cards are coming in yep. um so actually i have the cards here now but like the every Ooh. like the ones in the boxes and everything shipped like they'll be they're, they're supposed to arrive uh on the 13th uh here mm. so we'll see that but yeah you you were able to like help nice. like because i don't know about bleed lines and uh you know boner pops or whatever they call no, them yeah I
2: I, I I am that's I'm,
3: that's a very technical term but yeah, I know. Yeah, so yeah, I, I,
2: I don't, the jargon is I'm not familiar. So yeah, I always have other people help me with that stuff. You know, um, Aaron Beauregard helps me with it. And, um, you know, our friend CV hunt helps as well, uh, Aaron actually took the time to show me how it was done. I retained none of the information. I was in, I was incredibly frustrated the entire time, and so it's just kind of agreed upon. That I was like, "All right, you can you can format my stuff if if I'm going to put it out myself, uh, and and I'll and I'll do editing on your stuff because I'm pretty good at as being an editor. I was like, if it's if it's actual writing stuff, I'm your guy, but if it's computer related, I'm absolutely worthless. Right. Yeah.
3: <laughs> there's yeah, there's a lot of details. I I work. Worked for a long time for a various printing companies, so a okay. lot of experience, a yeah. lot of years of experience of of all the details on how to get things to
2: print the way that they should print. Yeah, so, yeah, you're a, you're a pro. Yeah. You're a pro. Shit, I'm a pro. Yeah, <laughs>
1: he's a pro. All
2: right. Well, um, I think we move along to our our next book related segment then. and Unless there's anything else you wanted to add, Scott. No, let's no? let's barrel on through. It's moving right along, moving right along. And that brings us to everybody's favorite segment, which is Ridiculous Reads. Oh, Ridiculous Reads. Just ridiculous and stupid and hilarious reads.
1: All of those (laughs) things. All of those things. And Christopher, this week i'm on ridiculous reads
2: oh my god i'm so excited i feel like i can't it's
1: wait a while since i've done ridiculous reads, since it's been my oh, yeah
2: i think it has been, been a, a bit since you've done one so i'm excited to see what little treasure you might have
1: well i uh you know in the grand tradition of of often what we've done of bringing back uh things that are uh important and and what we learn from like uh you know the the of course, Steve Urkel's guide to uh life yes. and love and La Bamba, I believe is what it's called. Uh,
2: <laughs> that's I, that's a very important book. Yeah.
1: It really is. It really is. And uh it,
2: it helped me tremendously. I mean, remember, clearly my life is on track now.
1: Well, we got the uh, we got the uh the prestigious uh golden Urkel two years ago for uh, you know, because we put we were spreading the gospel, so you know.
0: <laughs> the it, it's kind Urkel. of a big deal,
1: but yeah. Yeah, we don't like to show it off. But uh anyway, I was well, like, I'm
2: pretty sure you that, that you smoked it I mean you know it's <laughs> <laughs> it's the golden article as opposed to the purple Urkel. we could
1: yeah. talk about this offline uh, I don't you know the legend could happen you know who knows yeah, yeah. who knows you's yeah. <laughs> um but I was like, you know what this book I feel like I, I did a reading from it at one point and I, I feel like it just needed to come back um in return our, our uh, into our consciousness into the the kind of uh just the world's consciousness and i think we're the people to do it and this is a book that's called night of the perverts yes
0: <laughs>
1: oh my god yes it's yes yes
3: beautiful
1: night of the perverts uh yes. of course by the great uh greg uh thompson the e. greg uh, thompson the it even says the greg thompson um no way but, uh, wow this is uh you know no whatever. relation to
3: Jim, I assume.
2: Who probably not? Yeah, Jim exactly. Thompson, <laughs> exactly the, the crime writer. Yeah, one of, one of my favorites, Jim Thompson, oh, the crime writer. Yeah,
1: he he, right, he, he toured with Megadeth for a while, right? Absolutely, yes, yes.
2: <laughs> Megadeth, Aerosmith, uh, yeah, and uh, and the and the Crystals. Oddly enough, the he, he toured with them right? as well. Yeah. <laughs> Well, his brother greg um took
1: <laughs> yes. to writing writing smut smut novels these uh we were speaking actually of uh cb hunt earlier um when i was visiting her and, and andy uh a couple of years ago uh, they took me to a local bookstore that had a whole fucking section of just these fuck books basically and mm-hmm. it's 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 just like reading porno is what it is and i guess it's great it, it, it like got like a certain segment of the population would get off on this, and uh, and that's cool. That's cool. I well, think- again,
2: as we talked about on our Bat Pussy episode, mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't until like the late 70s where a good deal of pornography was even allowed mm-hmm. in, in America, and so you know, a lot of these smut books kind of filled that void. No pun intended, <laughs> well, pun intended, away. <laughs> uh, this. Yeah.
1: One- was of was written, uh, in and published, of course, in the in the sexiest year we've had so far in our country, nineteen sixty nine. Ah, yes, by Beeline Books, and that's not even a bit really was from nineteen sixty nine. Even better, but uh, yes, this book is called Night of the Perverts. Um, the 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 line at the top says they were a wild bunch of uninhibited, sex mad college rebels, constantly looking for new offbeat thrills night of the perverts
3: oh man you'd think they would be beat off thrills ah
1: yeah yeah Yeah. and (laughs) we were all thinking it kudos to you for
3: (laughs) i actually said it
1: yep thank you uh but yeah these books are at best uh poorly written at 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 worst (laughs) terribly written um uh, but they're books, nonetheless, and uh, it's
2: definitely a book.
1: That's what we can all agree on. <laughs> uh, but I'm just, you know, I want to just read a nice little passage here. Uh, I felt was um, just just good for for us uh, for for the mm-hmm. for the day. Uh, one of the one of these guys is he's uh, had a had a lap dance at a um, uh, a, a local uh, lap dance joint here in like France somewhere, and then uh, he convinces the the lady like take him take her back take him back to her place and she mm. done uh, nice. <clears throat> here we go chris opened his wallet and the young girl <laughs> deftly plucked 250 mark notes from the small pile before he could protest she was rapping on the glass window of the landlady's lodge a fat woman shoved aside a dog-eared copy of stern magazine now, Stern Magazine, to me, that just, in my mind, I'm just thinking it's just a bunch of hard dicks, right? Stern. Like, <laughs> yeah, awesome. it, it, it
2: sounds dirty. It sounds dirty.
1: Yeah. No, I don't know. They don't They don't go on to, uh, but I have to do some research. I wonder if it was a real publication. I'm, yeah, Stern I'm
2: going to do some research while you read here.
1: <laughs> Stern Magazine. And slapped at a wall switch. The instant the light came on, two roaches scurried across the cracked tile floor mon frere. elk forced a smile at the woman's feeble-eyed squint as she tested the mark notes to determine their validity chris is gorge rising under the impact of the stench in the hall and that that sounded sexy but he's talking about almost throwing up
2: i mean i i'm also engorged by the stench in the hall i'm listening <laughs> <laughs> that's that's just a great great sentence isn't it uh as long as i'm interrupting here uh, Stern magazine is an illustrated broadly left liberal weekly current affairs magazine published in Germany. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> and, wow. And I didn't <laughs> Me neither. And, and when I was looking, I was like, well, maybe this is a different Stern magazine, but that's the one that came up. And that's apparently crazy. it's it, the first issue was 1948. So yeah, it could, ah. you know, this, this book was written in 69. So any, uh,
1: any, any, any like dicks in it that you can
2: see or uh, no, it's a political magazine. <laughs> Politically, politically. politically, yeah.
3: I had I had it's no of idea Carter I was Ferris. going to learn a little a little history lesson here. When, and they, yeah. when yeah. we started <laughs> the night of the perverts segment, that's what we're <laughs> bringing. It.
2: You know,
1: we're always we're bringing it full circle
2: for the children. Yeah. We come with let many. Let's, yeah, the, I can't talk. We we come with uh, let's of. Uh, we come. Is the point? Yes.
1: That's right. I ain't come yet. Uh, let's see. It was. It was. He decided. One hell of a dump. He followed Elkie <laughs> down a bare passage and up a worn flight of uncarpeted stairs. Once she turned to smile at his crestfallen air. Is something wrong? You're not ashamed of my pad, are you? It is me you should concern you right now. Come. She guided his hand under her coat around her back, inserted it into the division of her prominent buttocks, and rubbed his loins against rubbed her loins against his with the precision of a motor driven machine. Whoa. When at length they separated, Chris was in a state of complete excitement. So it was like when at length they separated. So I guess like when his dick got the hardest,
2: he's like, oh, I got to pull away. He oh, dirt. you're saying that the, that the character of Chris was excited. I thought you meant, me, which of is of also it. true.
1: Yeah. I'm, <laughs> oh. I'm very excited. This is, this is CH though. This is, he doesn't spell it as cool. Ooh. We've, He followed her tempting, ungirdled rump up the stairs. (laughs) uh, mm -hmm. Ungirdled. Don't don't blow it yet, dude. Keep it together. In in her apartment, she removed her coat and kicked off her flat-heeled shoes. Chris, C.H., entered standing at attention. mm, While she switched on the table lamp that brought the curves of her body into relief. Now... He could see how hefty her thighs and buttocks were, and the overdeveloped breasts large and thrusting. The breasts were thrusting? I don't yeah, know. Uh, okay. He, he, I think it was like, we haven't thrown thrust in here in a couple pages. Let me,
2: <laughs> I mean, I guess she could thrust by like, like pushing uh, her chest yeah. out, you know?
1: <laughs> well, maybe he has the same question, because he watched her in a dumbfounded way. Why is she thrusting, he said. No, it doesn't say that. Uh, But when he regarded his surroundings, the shabby room depressed him, killing all desire. He knew that most of the students in Hamburg deliberately lived like hippies. It was the rule, all part of a style that consisted of free love, poverty, and a bankrupt philosophy such as existentialism. Was okay book. hold on you said hamburg so this is a german german book. yeah it's in german yeah oh
2: well then you're, there you go so it must be the same stern magazine must be correct because that's a german magazine so now it all makes sense man man like and it, who
1: like what clever product placement for the time too, uh for stern magazine to really jump on the old smut book uh uh way to like kind of advertise
2: you know I like i'm like. i sure that's exactly what it was was yes yeah, so it's that product placement mm-hmm. and that cross- <laughs> <laughs> Trash, trash fiction novel. <laughs> oh,
1: exactly, exactly, dude. Exactly. Um, anyway, continue. That's okay. Yeah, thank you. Uh, he knew that most of the students in Hamburg deliberately lived like hippies. It was a rule, all part of the style that consisted of free love, poverty, and a bankrupt philosophy such as existentialism. But there was another side to the coin too. He had met girls. Who shunned the false ideas of a poser and demanded luxurious, flat, spotless clothing, good furniture, and good wine poured from cut glass decanters? With a vague feeling of disgust, he picked up an unfinished bottle of rot gut that must have cost Elk all of 80 fennings at the coughwall. <laughs> Elkie, who had crawled over the bed to arrange the pillows, looked at him over her shoulder.
0: Would you care for some
3: of that?
1: No, thanks. Chris replaced the bottle. Willing to slip out the door and forget the money, the girl had flitched, but his eyes were drawn to her position. With the cheap skirt drawn taut over her uprised rump, and he welcomed the return of his desire. Mm. At a gesture from her, he stripped down. To his shorts and socks, shivering in the dampness, pleased. That constant exercise had turned the fat on his body into muscle. <laughs> and we'll stop it right there because I don't want us to get too.
2: But yeah, I'm, I'm getting a little. Felt, uh, it got warm uh, in here.
1: Night of the perverts, <laughs> just a little touch of night of the perverts there. Night, uh, night of the perverts. Now you it's should, interesting uh, be that sure to visit my uh, sternmagazine.com
2: our, uh supporters. <laughs> yeah, the... <laughs> it's interesting that the book is is you know clearly a German book, but I guess it must be a. A translated book. I think and... it was
1: like they went, like the students are on like a college like trip or whatever in Germany.
2: Oh, okay, so it is an American book. It just so takes place like in a... Germany.
1: Yeah, it's like a hostel type thing. So I was
2: gonna say, Greg Thompson doesn't sound German. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, I missed. It. it says Greg von Thompson. No,
2: <laughs> von Thompson. <Yeah>. Von Thompson sein!
1: <laughs> and that makes it german no that uh, makes it german yeah yeah so night of the perverts dude you guys very good very it was nice a
3: lovely a lovely rendition with voices
1: mm. well,
3: characterization sure emoting just beautiful
1: that's the beautiful kind of work. show we bring like i said we teach you a little bit yeah we give you a show show you some thigh and uh that's,
3: it's also nice to like you know hear get Uh, A few mentions of rump outside of a Richard Lehman
1: novel, too. (laughs) That's a a rump. (laughs) That was just the tip of the rump, if you know what I mean.
2: (laughs) The the lovely lady lumps, yes.
1: Speaking of lady lumps, uh, we got to talk monsters, Chris. Am I right? I think we
2: do. I think we do. I think that brings us right into our main show now. So let's go with the monster mash. You know, maybe a jingle would help. Watch the monster! Oh, watch the monster! <laughs> That's right. We're back with more monsters for our monster mash series. As I mentioned on the last uh, episode, we all long for Halloween. Of course, it's uh, you know it's January now. The holiday season is past. Uh, but all of us horror fans, we go through a kind of jonesing for Halloween. So John Wayne and I, we decided to do a Monster Mash celebrating the classic monsters of yesteryear, previous century. Uh, and, of course, we invited our good friend and horror author and horror fan, Scott Hull, uh, to discuss probably my favorite of the Universal Monsters. And that, of course, is the monster by Moonlight, The Wolfman. Oh.
1: Yep. Ah, uh, was that a werewolf I saw surfing the roof of Styles Wolfmobile today? Was it, Dad? Uh, ooh, oh. that's a nice one too. You're missing if you're not watching the, the video feed, missing all of our
2: cool ass toys that were. <laughs> I've got a full diorama of yeah, the I original know. wolfman Wolf Man.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I brought I brought the vintage stuff. I've yeah. got, uh, your oh wow, movies. oh
2: nice. Those are those are those shampoo or soap bottles or whatever. Yeah, the they're f-
3: called Soakies. Oh, those are that's classic like, right there. The uh, the head screws off, and and there used to be like bubble bath
2: inside, bubble bath. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, those were collectible back in what the 60s, yeah. Wow, yeah, those yeah. are classic, man. I got, I'll give you a soak-y. One of those. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is pretty cool i've got uh another collectible of the wolfman here and that's uh frankenstein oh. meets the wolfman in the crestwood house monster series nice. uh, which were so popular in the 70s that i grew up reading in my school libraries uh, i have Same a couple here. of yeah you remember these Yeah. oh yeah, yeah
3: absolutely do you have any of them i don't i wish i did uh, they're no. really hard
2: to come by now they're very expensive yeah i know they are i've looked <laughs> yeah <laughs> I have a couple of them. I have this one, the blob and creature from the black lagoon. Uh, so yeah, I wasn't able to find one of the Wolfman that I could afford, but I did have Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, which we'll talk about uh, going into our discussion. So to start off, I'm going to give people just a quick rundown. I mean, I'm sure everybody knows. Who the Wolf Man is? If you don't, you're probably listening to the wrong podcast. You meant to pull up something like recipes for tomato sauce or something, uh, which we'll, we're getting to later. Uh, so, just quick rundown: The Wolf Man is filmed from 1941. Uh, it's an American horror film written by Kurt Sodmack and produced and directed by George Wagner. The film stars Lon Chaney Jr. in the title role. Uh, Claude Rains is also in it. Claude Rains is, uh, you know, the invisible man, uh, but he, you know, doesn't play him in this movie. Uh, but all, it also stars uh, Bela Lugosi, of course, who is, you know, our our beloved Dracula but he does not play Dracula in this particular movie. I say these things because there were a lot of monster mash, uh, if you will, uh, collaborations later on where different monsters did meet each other. Dracula, and the Wolfman, Frankenstein, all of that. Uh, but in this film, it's just about the Wolfman. Uh, the title character uh, has had a great deal of influence on in Hollywood's depictions of the legendary werewolf, like this movie. And we'll talk about it more as we go. Um, kind of set the bar, uh, even though it is the, uh, second werewolf movie that universal put out uh, the first one came six years earlier uh, with the less successful uh, werewolf of london and 19- uh, which was from 1935 uh, and this film is part of the universal monster movies uh, it's a great uh, great cinematic film uh, it's still to this day one of the most beloved of all the universal monster movies so now that i've given a quick rundown let's discuss it let's talk about the wolfman and all the different sequels and other spinoffs and everything else yeah well i mean we both
1: like start i mean i think we we started at at ground zero here from the Wolf Man, like you were talking the 1941 Mm movie lon chaney um Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know uh the basis and which i i watched i also i went a little like zane i was like let me see what else we have on the more lesser known wolf uh movies that I can I can watch but uh, I enjoyed this movie very much uh watching it again it uh I, but it does it not at the beginning I was like whoa like he he's looking at the the woman in the um what's her name it, through the telescope and then he goes down to the shop and is like huh hey, why't you I want yeah. the the ones that are on your dresser in your bedroom <laughs> yeah but he's I a was, little creepy yeah I was like what the hell is he is this like does the wolf man like also become a
2: sex offender? Like what is this? Yeah,
1: like, yeah I've been watching you through the like
2: thing. Well, you know, it, things were a little different in the nineteen forties. You was, know, the people yeah. flirted differently and one of them was, you know, <laughs> was his just, men would, would stare in the women's bedrooms and yeah, yeah. And telescopes. Yeah. Peeping Toms. Yeah, that yeah. was
1: you know ah, you know, uh, the old stare and scare. That's how me and Mimo <laughs> got
0: together.
1: Right, uh. <laughs> right. right. But that Um, was—I thought that was interesting because I was like, I I see what they were doing. It was—it's supposed to be portrayed as a playful flirt thing, but like, yeah, no, it it, is, and she takes it that way.
2: Oh shit! But yeah, in the age of me too, it's probably uh, a little bit frowned upon. But you know what? Uh, Fuck all that because we're talking about the good old days. We're talking about classic monsters, so we're not going to get into all that sensitive shit. Uh, You can write about it in Stern magazine if you want, but. uh,
1: Please write us care of Stern Magazine 123 yes. Frankenberg Street. Thank you. So
2: you did mention we're gonna start at kind of you know ground zero. Mm-hmm. Uh so I I would say we should mention, I mean I did mention it, but we should talk a little bit about Werewolf of London from 1935, which did predate uh the wolf man. Um <clears throat> now that movie uh let me pull up my notes on it here.
1: Well, they had, I mean, we came, but like essentially, like everything was retconned after that. It was like, ah, fuck that. Like here's now the Wolfman type of thing. Like those well, movies-
2: Yes, yes, but but only because Werewolf of London didn't do as well as they had hoped. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this is from 1935. Is directed by Stuart Walker and stars Henry Hull as uh, the werewolf. And I've talked about Henry Hull before because um, his. Great nephew runs the Witch's Dungeon, the the Horror Wax Museum that's uh, local to me, and okay. so I've gotten to talk to 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 him uh, at at length and to learn more about the Werewolf of London. They have a whole scene set up from Werewolf of London in the place. It's very cool. Um, it's it's classic because it is the first feature length werewolf film, and it's the only it's the oldest existing werewolf film that you can still watch. Uh, there were other ones, little shorts and things like that from the silent film era that uh, that just didn't survive. And so Werewolf of London is by and large considered the OG. Um, the reason it wasn't quite as successful as it could have been is not because the film is necessarily bad, although it, it isn't the best either. Uh, but it was really because it too closely mirrored Jekyll and Hyde, which had come out fairly recently as well and so critics were you know and and audiences alike kind of panned werewolf one because they're like this is just like jacqueline hyde And, and in all fairness it kind of is you know he's a botanist and he's looking for the cure for the uh for lycanthropy and everything and there but there's a it's also interesting because there's another werewolf in the movie that's like his rival so it's like you know these two werewolves going at each other but as exciting as that sounds you don't really get a whole lot of that in the movie um it's also worth mentioning uh, because Jack Pierce, who uh, was best known for creating the iconic makeup uh, uh, for Frankenstein with you know, Boris Karloff, he did the um, the makeup for Werewolf of London. And initially, the makeup that he created was the makeup that we later saw in The Wolfman. Uh, it wasn't used in Werewolf of London because uh, it was decided much on the assistance of Henry Hall uh, that's the star of the movie that they needed to be able to see his face more that because of, uh, you know, scenes where he was the Wolfman, but other things were going on where he had to emote and he had to, you know, do things. So like they decided to not go with that makeup. And so that makeup, which we all grew to love uh, for the Wolfman was originally intended for Werewolf of London. Yeah. I,
3: I, I really like the design of the, of the makeup that ended up getting used in Werewolf of London though. Yeah. I think, I think it's cool. Um, it
0: is it is
2: yeah. you know
3: like extreme widow's peak like you know the underbite the pointed ears um yeah. all that stuff i just think it's a really cool look so i'm i'm like kind of thankful that that happened even though yeah. it wasn't you know the original intent um but yeah, I, think I think it's, it's really, a really
2: cool look i think so too i think it's a really cool look and i think it was kind of replicated a little bit later down the road in some of the hammer horror films yeah. you know Cur- curse of the werewolf almost has a little bit of that look to it um but but yeah again it's jack jack pierce who's uh like he was the tom savini or the the stan winston of that era yeah. uh you know very famous and we're gonna we'll talk a little bit more about him and uh, the makeup process for the wolfman but anyway yeah.
3: he, um he supposedly was like was pretty firm about wanting to use his original design and like you said, Hull, Henry Hull, uh, you know, pushed back, and I guess they kind of had some arguments, and ultimately Hull went to the—I the director, or producer, or something like mm. that—and argued and got his way. Yeah, and so yeah, he was
2: all because he wanted his face to be seen more. He yeah. didn't want to, you know, he wanted to be able. He thought he wouldn't be able to emote as much if he was under heavy makeup, you know. But you know, maybe that's one of the one of the contributing factors too why the movie wasn't as iconic, you know, uh, because he looked, because I I agree with you, you know, I I think it looks kind of cool, but he doesn't look quite as monstrous as uh, Mm Lon Chaney Jr. looks in The Wolfman. You know, it's not, it's not like, it's almost like he's mid transformation, you know, in Werewolf of London. You know what I mean?
3: Maybe, maybe.
2: Okay. Maybe you don't agree then. I don't (laughs) know. I I,
3: I think I might actually, I don't know. I think I might prefer the makeup from Werewolf of London. The, the Wolfman makeup to me, I mean, it's cool. I like it, but it looks a little um, to, to me, it looks a little polished. Um, mm. and it looks a little uh, more, I don't know. something about the snout like just makes me think dog more than wolf. Mm. Um, and I, I don't know. I think the werewolf of London design is is a little more animal, even though it's even though it is still showing the his human face.
2: Yeah. I I you um, know, I think I think it also has to do with the way the werewolf of London is presented. You know, like he's like, you know, he wears like this blazer and like you know, lab coats and he looks like mm-hmm. he doesn't look quite as primal. Whereas where like Juan Chaney, you know, he's like in like regular clothes, but he's like hunched over and he's running through the woods at night. You know, he's he's he seems more feral and more primal than the werewolf mm-hmm. of London, who was, you know, like in his lab in his, you know, fancy clothes and very proper. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: There's also, I guess, the mad scientist aspect to Werewolf of London that I yes. I'm I'm a mad scientist, you know, fan. So I guess oh, maybe okay. I, maybe so, I gravitate toward that too. So right, right. Yeah.
2: Well again, I mean that's that was one of the reasons that the movie was heavily criticized is because it, yeah. it had that Jekyll and Hyde feel and it just came out too soon after Jacqueline Hyde. Um, excuse yeah. me. So a great
3: I, uh, there's a great transformation sequence in Werewolf of London as well. That yeah. I really like where he's walking and, and he's walking kind of uh, past these pillars and, and they basically did a, a, a dissolve, yeah, like, the, like yeah, dissolve each over pillar. Yeah. yeah. So he, as he passes each one, he's like one, one step further along in the transformation.
2: Yeah, no, it's definitely a good movie and definitely noteworthy, which is why I wanted to, yeah. you know, backtrack a little bit and, and talk about it a little bit before we went into uh, the Wolfman. So, but I think we can go into the Wolfman now uh john wayne did you have something to say about the wolfman
1: oh yeah so at the beginning he's looking through the girl's window and it, mm-hmm. oh wait no uh no i thought i mean <laughs> I, you know, I loved it i thought it was, it was, a, it, was a, it was a it was very cool i mean of course you know like like it, it like you were saying earlier one of like sets the bar uh extremely watchable film um really well done it's all it's it's funny like when we were watching it like Scarlett was watching it with me and you know just the set like all of it's built on this huge set sound stage you know this is like back in the day but it's it's mm-hmm. super creepy uh with the fog that's always like you know ever present in the woods i don't know it was just yeah. it's uh it was a, it's a cool flick it's cla- it's a classic for a reason um you know it's it's yeah it's, it's well
2: you know and it also it's like it was like this all-star horror cast you know um having you know Lon Chaney, of course, you know, the junior, the son of Lon Chaney, was also a horror icon. But then you've got Bella Lugosi and Claude Reigns in the movie as well. Uh, so it was kind of like a, a horror bonanza. You know, when, when it came out, it was, you know, an all star cast Oh, of horror icons.
1: If, could you imagine if they did a horror version of Bonanza? That would be great. Uh, yeah. yeah cool. I would watch that. Um, also I would watch be- it. Bella Lugosi playing a character's name is
2: Bella. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, Bella, he's, uh, he's the cool. gypsy. <laughs> yeah uh it's also cool because like you know bella is um actually the the, the werewolf in the movie. movies the first werewolf yeah, yeah. that ends up biting uh you know larry talbot the, the character that Chaney jr plays uh so in throughout his career uh bella Gosi played a werewolf dracula and frankenstein and igor which is pretty fucking cool yeah that he played all those characters on top of all the other characters that he played you know um all the other horror villains um and so that's getting, actually
3: he was supposed to be in uh Werewolf of London originally. Um,
2: uh, Bella
0: was?
3: Yeah, Bella and Boris Karloff. I think the the Henry Hull role was supposed to go to Boris Karloff and the um was it Dr. Yogami, I think is is the name of the other mm, the,
2: the other, other werewolf one. Um that was yeah.
3: supposed to be Bella Lugosi. Yeah. Oh wow,
2: that could have been cool. Yeah. I, I know at the time that uh like he got better with his English later, but I think at the time Bella still barely spoke any English, you know, in the 1930s, he was still really struggling with it. He did all of his lines phonetically for Dracula. Uh, mm-hmm. So I wonder if that had something to do with him not being cast. So I wonder what the story is, the backstory is with that, of why that ended up not happening with because the, the two of them, that would have been great. Of course they, they went on to star and a lot of stuff together. Yeah. Um, but I know, I
3: think there was something to do with, I believe a uh, werewolf of London was shooting at the same time as um, bride uh, of Frankenstein.
2: Okay. And so there was sense.
3: conflict there, obviously. Yeah. Time. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah. There may okay. have been
3: something else too, but. You
2: know. Well, um, I've always loved the Wolfman. I always like um, werewolf stories anyway. Uh, and the Wolfman really kind of set uh set the groundwork for the werewolf character being like a normal man who is struck with this this curse and he's tortured by it you know he's he's not like enjoying himself the way dracula is where you know dracula is just like and you know seducing and and killing and enjoying himself you know larry talbot is a very tragic character and he's in i think he's played exceptionally well by Lon Chaney Jr. in this movie, like he really, he just seems so distressed and distraught throughout the entire movie.
1: Yeah, because he knows he's committing these crimes, but like, yeah, it, it's these murders. I mean, and like, yeah, just, yeah, there's wolf tracks leading back to the house, and like, doesn't matter because his dad will pay for it all to go away anyway. If it is him, yeah. but he's oh, he's so tortured by it. You're right; he has like, yeah, he's like becomes this crazed man. You know, um, one thing See, like. Go, go ahead. So,
2: no, I was just going to add that, yeah, like the Wolfman is very, very much a tragedy, you know, of a movie where that's not necessarily the case with a lot of the other monster movies. It's very tragic. Uh, and so I always liked that aspect of it.
1: And so, and Chris, and we've talked about werewolves and, and such so before you are an authority mm-hmm. on werewolves. I know you know a lot about them. And Scott, I know you know a lot about a ton of fucking horror shit. Um I wanted to to talk about the lore of the werewolf or or the mm-hmm. rules, or to discuss those kind of things you know like one of the mm-hmm. things that is introduced in this movie is the the pentagram the sign of the pentagram right um, and you know where I well, okay so there's other questions I have about the rules of, of that I've just get that get twisted and stuff but where did where did, did is this the first time that this is brought up like in w- werewolf lore or is this like from something else, Chris? Do you know?
2: Uh well that's that's kind of a gray area, you know, uh because with werewolf lore varies from country to country and um the pentagram was you know often associated with many different types of the dark arts, if you will. So I don't know if the the Wolf Band movie was the first time that was ever co-related. I think it goes back further than that. Uh, Scott, do you know? I I
3: I don't know specifics but i know there are certain aspects of uh of the wolfman in, in particular that were invented for that script mm-hmm. um, okay so I'm, I'm i think i yeah i'm not i'm not sure of all the specifics yeah. Like i said, yeah
1: it's just not something you see in all werewolf movies you know maybe it's a reference no no you don't
2: really see that you don't really and, see that outside of, of- the wolfman yeah think. I, i'm yeah. trying to
1: think like maybe it's alluded to other places but not super and i, and I just like uh, and i apologize to the listeners like wh- what i'm talking about is like uh to give context the wolf like the wolfman is supposed supposedly whoever's the wolfman is wears the sign of the pentacle the pentagram like somewhere on their body but then he sees it in the palm of the hand of his next victim so mm-hmm. like and it's not really there it's just that only the wolf man sees it you know yeah it's like a premonition exactly that's the whole like story behind that but it's Mm. not really yeah it's not really a pre like happening all the time i was like well is that when i was watching this movie i was like is that connected throughout werewolf lore and i just am not thinking about it or like i didn't know if there's another context for it but it sounds like it might have been like you said scott some one of the things that was invented for this
2: yeah Story. well the, the the wolfman is one of the universal holo, uh, horror films that isn't based on any uh existing literature you know uh it the mummy and uh creature from the black lagoon are original creations of universal studios so they were you know written by screenwriters to deliberately to make the, the films whereas dracula frankenstein etc were already existing uh existing literature not just properties but existing literature so uh, I'm not sure exactly how much of it was just merely invented uh, for the movie, uh, but it, but the thing is, is that so much of it, uh, including the, the the poem, you know, about the wolfbane, so much of that has been th- that was created just for the movie, ended up being reused in other unrelated movies, you know, even even modern stuff like the Van Helsing film that came out uh, in the early two thousands. Uh, you know, they used the poem Dark Shadows used the poem as well uh, so that's just she goes to show you how heavy the influence uh, this movie had on werewolf culture
3: and the uh, the last part of that um, actually is something that uh, I, I believe that they, not specifically the Wolfman not that movie but the later sequels I think uh, I changed are the, responsible you know, they- for the um responsible for like the idea of the full moon
0: yes bringing bringing out yep. the
3: wolf and that and so in that rhyme the last part of that rhyme in the wolfman is uh when the wolf being looms and the autumn moon is bright but in later right. movies they change they it change to, it like when the moon is full and bright or something yeah like
2: that. they do yeah you're absolutely right um yeah so there are things like that like the full moon the use of silver uh where it's uh it's you know because like like i said before, werewolf mythology goes so far back and there's so many different iterations of it in different cultures and different countries that you get little bits and pieces that kind of co-mingle uh but every every culture has their own you know or at least had you know in you know the fucking dark ages whatever you want to call it uh yeah. the, the diff- different beliefs of what it involves what it is um you know many believe that uh that werewolves were um, just shapeshifters in general and could change into any type of animal. You know, and then in other cultures, it's just simply the wolf. And certainly in, um, in movies, they tend to be just turning into the werewolf, but then you have other uh, creatures like vampires, which can turn into werewolves in some stories. Dracula was able to turn into a wolf. He was able to turn into rats and all sorts of things. Um, so and then of course with the with the vampires, you also get the pentagram involvement and with the devil and Satan. So it all kind of like becomes this this mixture of like what came first, you know, is it the chicken or the egg type of thing? It's like you don't really know where some of this stuff stems from because it's just part of our history now. And again, this movie alone is it's gonna it be kind of confusing because this is from 70 years ago, you know. Yeah. So it's
1: better safe than sorry, you know, you just follow all of the, the things, you know, just get it yeah. all together. Just be careful,
2: just watch out for werewolves.
1: Exactly. Watch out for werewolves. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you guys about, if you've ever heard of this before, like you just you brought up silver, Chris. And I think like the most well-known way that everyone kind of knows in the public conscience to kill a werewolf, you got shoot him with a silver bullet, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. One of the movies that I watched for research for this uh, project, uh, it was called uh, Were- Werewolf versus the Vampire Woman. And uh like um i don't know that one it opens with uh, it's from 1971 it opens like with these these guys that have like this dead you know they're doing an autopsy on this dead guy on on the table and uh, he's been shot twice and the guy's like you know he was shot with silver bullets he's like well what are you afraid he's a werewolf and he's like yes i i am and like guy's like what are you afraid of the old legend that if you pull the silver bullets out of the the werewolf then he go co- come back to life as the werewolf and the guy's like yes i am afraid of that he's like well you're a fool you know and he takes the mm. silver bullets out and turns around and is like see there nothing happened of course like the guy's like yeah. become instantly become like werewolf and like goes wolf all over him mm-hmm. i have never heard of being able to bring uh, if you killed a werewolf with silver bullets it coming back to life if you remove the silver bullets is that something out there is that just completely i
2: haven't i don't
1: i don't think i've heard that
2: before scott
3: no i don't think so i'm i'm trying to think back but i can't come up with anything
2: yeah they might have been just just for that movie
1: that movie well then they also had and and like we another the the vampire woman now they come back is like these kids are like uh trying to like hey we're gonna take pictures of like the vampire body or whatever and the way they killed this vampire back in the day was stabbed it in the heart with a silver cross Buried her with the silver cross in her. um And then they like open the thing and open the casket and they pull the silver cross out of the dusty old bones, like full of green dust. And while she does it, of course, she accidentally cuts herself and some drops of blood like land on the, the skull. And then, boom, she is back, baby vampire full. Like, <sighs> mm-hmm. I've never heard of that either.
2: Like removing well, like, steak. Like, brain- well, I know. Well, Well, two things. Two things. Um. One is is silver was always considered um uh, the the thing that you would want to use against any kind of monsters right. uh in fact mirrors the reason that vampires don't show up in a mirror is because originally mirrors were backed with silver right. and so they they showed no reflection silver was killed used to kill uh vampires just as just as well as werewolves usually a silver right. uh silver blade or, or a crucifix type of thing um and the the so there's that, but then also, you mentioned like pulling out the bullets or whatever that might bring them back. The the stake through the heart of the vampire was meant to to keep them in the grave, to pin them to the earth. Like if it was you know holy soil or whatever the fuck, uh, that's what the stake was for was to pin them into the ground. And so I don't know, maybe they're getting something from that. With like if you took the stake out, the vampire could just could rise up out of the grave. So maybe if you take the silver bullets out, the werewolf can come back. <laughs> Uh, but it is know. funny because in these, in these other Wolfman movies that we're about to talk about, uh, the different ways that Larry Talbot comes back are get weirder and weirder. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but none of them involve pulling the bullets out of his chest.
1: No. Okay. So, see, these are the things that I was like, "Wait, what? Where is this existing? Like, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, interesting." Anyway, <laughs> proceed. No. <laughs>
3: yeah. Uh, so. Before uh, you, I'm sorry, before you move on to, were you about to move on to sequels?
2: Yeah.
3: Okay. So before you do that, I just wanted to share uh, this one thing. I, I, You you guys know, I think, that I have a, a collection of um, horror movie novelizations. Mm. Yes. So uh, the two movies that we've discussed so far, Werewolf of London and The Wolfman, both have uh, novelizations.
2: And, yes i'm glad you mentioned this because i wanted to mention it too so, yeah, Yes. so
3: fine. i i actually have and i'll hold this up for the video uh, people oh, this is that. a a box set of six novelizations uh by, by carl
2: that's awesome you've got a whole set there by uh, carl Dredstone, and carl? i'm sure you know who that was
3: yeah. uh yes well there's there's a it's a little complicated i I know a lot of people think that it's one person but it is actually oh yeah because i
2: know there's there's one person who's a notable author who went under that pen name but i didn't know that other people used it for this series so yeah so this elaborates
3: so there's six books in this series there's the werewolf of london uh the wolfman the bride of frankenstein the mummy creature from the black lagoon and dracula's daughter um so uh the, one, the the name that most people know uh, is Ramsey Campbell, uh, yeah. who wrote under this pseudonym. Um, and he wrote The Wolfman, uh, Bride of Frankenstein, and Dracula's Daughter. But then the others were written by other people. Werewolf mm-hmm. of London and Creature from the Black Lagoon were written by somebody named Walter Harris, who mm-hmm. that's not a name that I'm it's familiar weird. with. Mm-hmm. in any way uh and then the mummy was written by a third person and supposedly to this day nobody can remember who
2: oh wow. actually was
3: <laughs> that's interesting
2: so I, and, I yeah, think... and it's it's doubly interesting because these these came out in like the 70s right yeah i think was yeah. it was
3: early 70s i think like maybe yeah they didn't 70... come out with when the
2: movies came out they came out much no, later they, yeah. yeah
3: years later these were uh well, okay 77 actually so yeah. they uh there was a the set that I have here have each one has uh, a still from the movie on the cover.
0: Nice. Um, awesome.
3: And the, so the, that's like the, I believe these are the American releases, but there was also a British release, which was not, not very exciting looking. Um and Yeah. I, you, you have,
2: uh you continue continuously impress me with your novelization collection. <laughs> you have some of the hardest to find rarest, most interesting uh books uh that and some of them you've read from on the show and everything yeah. and yeah it's and very impressive that,
3: the movie the movie that john wayne just mentioned that uh you just mentioned the werewolf versus the vampire woman
2: yeah do you have that one too? Have- i have that one that's oh jesus christ <laughs> give me a fucking break that's <laughs> super
3: rare and i i need to read it though i've because i that one, do that you one i have not yet <laughs> well supposedly it, it's it has nothing to do with the movie and it's basically
1: oh, I'm, interested. Like, I'm interested let me know if they're pulling bu- or bullets it. it's of the-
3: like some no it's like some night of the perverts type stuff it's it's smut supposedly oh, No shit. so um yeah i'll have to check that out and report back to you guys
2: but, no, that is fabulous. Please. But <laughs> I did read
3: I did read The Werewolf of London and The Wolfman and and they're they're really good reads. The the Wolfman uh which Ramsey Campbell wrote is actually like very very similar to the movie. Um, but the Werewolf of London is quite a bit it's not it's a little bit different. It's not hmm. that different, but it's interesting uh in the respect that it, it's structured a little bit differently and it is told from the perspective of uh The Henry hull character, so it's his, it's all from his point of view, uh,
2: yeah.
3: and he he actually talks at, at length about the changes he's going through and and how like he start is starting to transform, and he knows it because he notices his tongue start to get longer and and start to like fill his mouth, and he's mm,
1: that is know, he can feel You're right, dude.
3: He can he can feel like his uh, his lungs growing larger and wow. he has trouble talking and and without being able to control his voice, it sometimes turns into a howl and stuff like that. so it's like well that's that, yeah, that's kind of cool that, that kind like, of it's stuff getting is cool. into
2: the yeah the getting into the transformation from a a first person narrative that's kind of yeah. cool
3: and the ending is also different too. so it, it ends on was a, that a, one
2: like uh, forgive me, I couldn't remember everyone all the ones that you named, but was that one written by Campbell?
3: Ah, uh, the Werewolf of London. No, it was not. That was by okay. Walter Harris. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, but uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's it's a like an even more depressing ending. Oh, so okay. <laughs> <laughs> what, even more. Tragic. It's interesting.
2: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I was going to move on to some of the sequels uh, because uh, the Wolfman was such a success. uh they wanted to bring um, you know, bring him back, obviously, but. Interestingly enough the wolfman never got a sequel that was just all about him. There are always these these monster mashes where it was him yeah. with other monsters and the first one they did was Frankenstein meets the wolfman. Uh so in this movie uh Larry Talbot comes back and we were talking about resurrections and forgive me if I'm getting them mixed up because you know, there are so many of these movies um but I believe he comes back because uh, someone opens, unearths his grave, and opens up his his uh, coffin, and the moonlight hits him, and then he's just back. So the he just comes moon. back
1: exposed to the yeah. Moon,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just back. Um, and so he wants to find a cure for his curse, and so he seeks out the famed Doctor Frankenstein, of course. Ah, uh, but he ends up meeting the Frankenstein monster, where which is uh, actually Igor. Um, has become the monster. you know. So it's Bela Lugosi uh, because in uh, uh, the, the, was it Son of Frankenstein? I think, where Igor, or you know, Bela Lugosi is Igor and he ends up wanting to be the monster and he becomes the monster. And then the next one in the Frankenstein series, because these all overlap and that's why I get confused sometimes. But the next one following Son of Frankenstein is House of, or, or I'm sorry, is Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. So that's, it's like, Frankenstein for Wolfman 2, you know? (laughs) (laughs) It's very
3: confusing.
1: I was reading that too. Was was there, did I miss it? Was there like a specific reason why he, why there was not like another standalone Wolfman monster? Was it scheduling conflicts? Was it?
2: Well, no, they, well, they're, they just, they wanted to start doing these kind of crossovers and create a universe, uh, which is funny because like, You know, now we have, like, the Marvel Universe, the DC Universe, and they've tried to do the, quote-unquote, Dark Universe, which is a reboot of this, which is the Universal's Monsters Universe. Uh, Also, like, times were just changing. Like, you know, with the 30s and the early 40s, the monster movies did well, but then other types of thrillers and horror movies in the Atomic Age came along and kind of, you know, competed uh, with the monsters, and the monsters were slowly starting to descend in popularity, and so they're like, "Well, if we have just throw a bunch of them together, that might get audiences, you know, excitement back up again." Uh, even though this was only two years after the first Wolfman movie, um, so yeah, so Frankenstein meets the Wolfman is is a fun, interesting one where they've got. I think that was the first one where we had, yeah, I'm pretty sure it is, where two of the Universal monsters came together on screen. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was the first yeah, one. I think so. Yeah. Um, there was the first verses, you know. And yes, uh, they end up battling and having a, a big fight, but it's uh, an am- ambiguous or, or uh, nebulous uh, ending uh, where the the dam breaks and floods the castle. And so you never really like, it's not like Frankenstein won or Wolfman won. It's kind of like that cop out, like King Kong versus Godzilla, where we don't really know uh, what <laughs> Freddy happens. Freddy versus Jason yeah yeah exactly very it's always it's always something with water i guess you know like, like you know like they're always like you know it's king kong walking out into the water or the dam breaking in the frankenstein movie or jason coming out of the water with freddy's severed head you know but freddy winks at <laughs> they the both, cameras they, yeah. they
1: both win and we all lose
2: as the audience i no. i don't know i think i think <laughs> we all won with, with those it was
1: all right know, we did it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, so yeah, let me, uh, let me pull up these, the information, uh, uh shit, shit, shit. There we go. On what? Frank Uh Well, I was going to just, you yeah, know, Frank means the Wolfman, uh, 1943 film. It was directed by Roy William Neal. Uh, and of course, Lon Chaney Jr. reprises his role as the Wolfman. Uh, plays Frankenstein's monster, um, yeah, this is this was the first series of a later called monster rallies, is what they called it, uh, combining characters from several films. So, Yeah, this was the first one, so that's why I wanted to check. The, oh no, I'm sorry, it follows Ghost of Frankenstein, not Sun. Yeah, okay, that that makes sense because yeah, so it was it was the fifth Frankenstein movie, uh, which is crazy. But yeah, they made a bunch of these. Uh, it wasn't even the last frankenstein movie you know i
1: thought we weren't doing like, never stopped the math thing again like this is
2: a lot of math <laughs> <laughs> you're getting
1: away from that i thought but all right
2: that's cool we're trying we're trying so yeah that this actually is it follow it's the sequel to ghost of Frankenstein, and it's also the sequel to the wolfman at the same time
1: <clears throat> and how many yeah. how many wolfman movies are there then officially
2: uh there are four five if you count Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, which Wolfman is also in.
1: And all, um and Lon Chaney Jr. plays Wolfman
2: all. In world. in all of them. Yeah, in all of them, all five. And
3: that's not counting. That's if we and if we don't count werewolf on it. No, Lon no, this, this is just the
2: Lon Chaney, Chaney Larry Talbot Larry Talbot character like saga. Talbot. Yeah. The there Larry is- Talbot
3: cinematic universe.
2: Yes. <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah, the LT S-C-M-U or whatever.
2: <laughs> yes. Uh the next, the next. Time we see him is in uh, House of Frankenstein, which is the, uh, I guess, sixth Frankenstein movie, third Wolfman movie. So sorry for the math again, but uh, that's, no, that that
1: they don't even he doesn't even get billing in the title.
2: Like, <laughs> House <laughs> of
1: Frankenstein, you know, like he's going to come out like a bit like in the background and shit. And in that one, doesn't he just come back like what? He's just there or something like it's not.
2: Uh, No, no, that but that does end up happening. Um in in this one uh okay so house of frankenstein is from 44 and it it actually stars Boris Karloff uh Lon Chaney and John Carradine. and Boris Karloff plays uh uh this this mad kind of like madman doctor so he's not even frankenstein in it uh frankenstein is played by um was it Glenn Strange i believe it was Frankenstein yes let me yeah he yep. was this is this was his first time as the monster um I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was was Karloff and then Lugosi and then, uh, Glenn strange. So I believe this was his first, his first one. Let me just check here. Uh, I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I think, I think we're right here. If I'm wrong, someone just, you know, punish me for it, but I think I'm right with that. Um, so, yeah, so here we have a Frankenstein movie, which is in the Frankenstein canon. Uh, it, it follows the the plot, you know, starting with the first Frankenstein, Brian and all that. But Karloff is not playing the monster. He's playing a different character altogether, which is kind of interesting. Um, and I think uh, I, I remember reading or hearing that uh, he was just didn't want to play the monster, that he wanted to have more of a speaking role at that point. He was a bigger star by then. So maybe that had something to do with it. Yeah, I uh, think he I, didn't
3: want to be He didn't want to be typecast as the monster. Yeah.
2: You know, yeah. was,
3: it's like you said, not not much of a speaking role, but just I think he just wanted to do other things.
2: Yeah. 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 Um I I they did end up not he did end up not being particularly happy with the movie. Um yeah, it it, it was not it was one of the one of the uh, uh less well received of the monster movies again this was 44 the popularity of that kind of stuff was starting to to, to wean a little bit um but uh yeah it's uh let me see here at, at the premiere uh critics uh quote-unquote made mincemeat of the film uh it's the saying it's only a mild horror picture more ludicrous than terrifying which i would have to agree with i think it's one of the weaker uh, monster movies of, of the era and it's certainly of the frankenstein and wolfman legacy um but uh yeah so our our friend larry talbot comes back uh and this is kind of a a, a weird one let me give you the the basic story here uh it's about dr gustav Nieman, who is played by boris Koloff uh, he escapes from fris- prison and promises to create a new body for his assistant Daniel. The two murder Professor Limpkin and take over his sideshow that involves the corpse of Count Dracula. Uh, After disposing of the Count, the two move on to the ruins of Castle Frankenstein where they find the body of Frankenstein's monster and Larry Talbot, the Wolfman, who are preserved in the castle uh, from their big battle where it got flooded. Their their bodies are like preserved in there. Uh, So the mad doctor thaws them, promises to cure uh, Talbot of his werewolf curse, but secretly plots to revive Frankenstein's monster instead. Uh, And of course, uh, Dracula appears in this uh, played by uh, John Carradine of the Carradine family. He is uh, David Carradine's dad, Uh, David Carradine, of course, of Kung Fu, Kill Bill movies and all that. Uh, Carradine was a very prolific um, actor. uh, One of the most prolific character actors, not just of the time, but just of any time. Uh, But although he is a good actor, uh, he is the cheesiest goddamn Dracula, I've ever seen, ever. I mean, he looks like a fucking magician. He's got a top yeah. hat and the cape. And granted, in in, in Stoker's original vision, you know, uh, Dracula did have a top hat and a mustache and all of that. But goddamn, does John Caradine look fucking silly as Dracula? I mean, uh, Scott, you're nodding. Do you, you agree? Yeah.
3: Oh, I completely. I it it <laughs> takes me out of the movie completely <laughs> whenever
2: then, I watch it. Yeah. He, he looks like a magician, doesn't he? He does, yeah, yeah. <laughs> straight up magician, yeah. Uh, so you've seen this one? How's Frankstein, John Wayne? Have yeah. you seen it? I haven't seen this one, no. Yeah, no. Okay, so- you're not you're not missing much, but Scott, what's your take on? Um, uh, oh, I, I forgot <laughs> to mention, it also has a hunchback in it. It has, and yeah. that was like one of the big promotions. It's even on the poster. It's like uh, Wolfman, Dracula, a hunchback, and a mad doctor. Yeah. Right. Yeah,
3: and they, that's something they like carry through uh several movies. Um yeah. there's always a hunchback. It's not <laughs> yeah. the same character each time, but there's always, always a
2: hunchback. Always, yeah. Yeah. Um
3: yeah, it's uh it's okay. Uh yeah. I like the um uh there's like a, a carnival setting in in the early yes part of yeah movie if I'm remembering correctly.
2: Yeah it's a traveling sideshow and, right. yeah. and that's where yeah and that's where that's like behold the corpse of Dracula. Yeah you know, like the, the right. guy has it on display. Yeah.
3: So Karloff and his assistant uh right. kind of infiltrate that and they kill off the leader of the circus or whatever it is and yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah
2: they and take they, Dracula. Yep, they steal him. Yep. Yep. So yeah, not not the best of uh of either series. But it has uh, its we, moments but yeah it's not yeah nothing, I mean, nothing special. No, I mean it, it is noteworthy because of the the amount of talent that's that stars in it. Uh but yeah it is pretty pre-hokey and uh, this the story is very thin and uh and unsatisfying uh in the end of this one i'm trying to remember let me just check my notes here yeah oh yeah so so uh he's he shot with you know falls in love with uh, and and yeah uh, it, yeah cuz cuz igor is also or not igor the, the hunchback is he's <laughs> in this movie he's also in love with this woman and gets and gets like you know pissed off torture because it's like why are you so into the wolf man he's a fucking werewolf and here i am i love you but because i'm ugly you don't love me uh and so it's it's very very dramatic it's very nine hundred two
0: 90210
2: uh, <laughs> 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 uh but yeah i wanted to make sure i had this right uh and i and i uh, so i'm glad i do yeah he is shot at the end of house of frankenstein the next movie which is House of Dracula, which is from the next year, 1945. Um, in House of Dracula, uh, Lon Chaney Jr. is back, is Larry Talbot, and there is no explanation whatsoever of how he's back. So maybe, John Wayne, maybe someone took the bullets out of him maybe that's
1: what happened. Fuck, dude, we were supposed yeah. to be between the lines and shit. Shame on us, right? <laughs> right.
2: But they give no explanation. He's just back. He's back. He's just, yeah, that's he's just, it. He's I knew just there
1: was a back. weird comeback where it's just like, well, here's Wolfman again, like, ta-da. <laughs> um yeah, like oh, I guess he's the Wolfman. What are you going to do, you know?
2: What are you well, going to do? do? Mm-hmm. That wacky Wolfman. Oh god. So okay, so <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> So House of Dracula, uh, let me get this sucker up. House of Dracula, like I said, is from 45, American horror film released and distributed by Universal. Uh, it's directed by Earl C. Kenton, uh, and it features a, a, a several of the Universal properties. Um, you've got, you know, Dracula, Wolfman, Frankenstein's monster, Hunchback, and, a, and another a whole other Mad Doctor. This one stars Lon Chaney. Um, Martha O Driscoll uh, John Carradine is back as Dracula and he's Dracula uh, much more in this one it being called House of Dracula uh, and Glenn Strange is, is returns as the monster as well
3: still not still not good
2: Dracula but <laughs> God no just <laughs> just, more, just, just, more just more of just of just just cheesy cheesy Dracula and <laughs> and also like this like he's so out of character this this Dracula because he goes to the mad doctor and he wants to be cured of his vampirism and like that's just very out of character for dracula like it makes sense for larry talbot to want to be cured of of his lycanthropy you know like he wants to not be the werewolf anymore but since when does Dra- is dracula like oh i don't want to be a vampire anymore he's fucking dracula he loves being a vampire right Exactly. yeah
1: that's that's ridiculous
2: it's just just unacceptable uh yeah so while house of frankenstein isn't great i think house of dracula is an even bigger turd uh personally and um. It, it became camp without trying to become camp. And it kind of was the, the, the final nail in the coffin, if you will, of the universal uh, monster rallies, the monster mash. Uh, after that, it was just kind of, you know, so let's. Uh... They,
3: they did try the next year. They did try not a, not a monster rally movie, but they did try to do another uh, werewolf film with a she wolf of London they did make it yeah yeah
0: but yeah yeah
3: it's 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 even as bad as bad as the jump from each successive movie has gone (laughs) gone all the way down to house of Dracula. it's an even further leap
2: it is it is to
3: the bowels of
2: yeah i've i've not i i i own it (laughs) and i've not been able to make it through because i have the uh i have the collection that was put out few years ago that's like collects all the werewolf uh, wolfman yeah. movies and then it, that's included as like a little bonus yeah um, i got those too yeah but house dracula is considered like the last serious entry in in the frankenstein saga um and then there were still other movies that were made of course you know uh but uh house dracula is also the final um time that uh, jack pierce created the wolfman uh makeup and the dracula makeup the frankenstein monster all of that stuff uh because he left uh, universal after that uh cheney and strange appeared in several films and television series including reprising the roles of larry talbot and frankenstein's monster in universal's uh and frankenstein and cheney again appeared as a werewolf in the mexican production uh, la casa del terror uh but he wasn't the wolfman he was a werewolf uh, and Carradine reprised the role of dracula on stage in television and in several low budget uh films uh, so there were those continuations, but this was like the end of the the Universal Monster saga in many ways. Uh, and it's kind of a, a a sour note because it's not a very good movie at all. Um, it doesn't have the atmosphere, the music, all of that kind of stuff that made like the originals so good. It's just kind of like, uh it's it feels very cheap and very just thrown together like like you know perfect example is they don't even explain how wolfman came back they don't even try with this movie they're just like here you go wolfman's just back dracula doesn't want to be a vampire anymore for some reason blah 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 you know hey, like, you, you already uh, paid for your ticket yeah <laughs> yeah exactly we got your money what are you gonna do
1: <laughs> yeah that's unfortunate they're just going through the motions at that point i guess
2: they're yeah they are yeah. they are okay so now we could that this opens us up to talk about you know, the lasting legacy, other or the werewolf movies that came after it, uh, including the uh, the unfortunate remake of the Wolfman uh, that we had uh, in the early two thousands. Um, so let me let me ask you guys a few questions to make it more personal, uh, and I'll start with this one. Um, now, John Wayne, I know I know how you feel about this and how I feel about because we we talked had a long discussion about it very early on when we started this show. Uh, but, Scott, I want to ask you the question, which do you prefer more, vampires or werewolves?
3: Uh,
2: probably werewolves. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> You're on the werewolf team. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I think it was like one of, one of our first early shows. John Wayne and I did Vampires yeah, very, or... Werewolf. Very early in the series, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so what makes you choose... Uh, because like, you know, John Wayne was in the vampire camp. I was in the werewolf camp. What makes you, okay. what, why do you think you like werewolves more? I, some of it, some of it these days
3: is just having gotten really tired of vampires. Yeah. Um yeah. Just because there were, there was so much and so, so many bad uh vampire Definitely.
2: stories, movies. Um Much like zombies. It's just oversaturation.
3: Yeah. I still love zombies though, but uh, yeah.
2: But <laughs> again, but still... it's, but it's still, but it's still this over saturation. it's oh, just I... so fucking much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's ridiculous. So a werewolf, a werewolf movie feels like a treat because it's so, you know, few and far between.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, yeah. And I just like, I like the, I don't know, like, like you kind of alluded to earlier, the vampires, Dracula, Dracula loves being Dracula. Most vampires, mm-hmm. you know, in, in most films, they love it they they love that eternal life they love right. the hunt all that sort of thing um well, werewolves there's... a lot of times tend to be like more tortured yeah and, and yeah. i, I kind of like that and i and i also like the aspect of of um just maybe like their i don't know some inner quality coming out manifesting itself in this animal the beast the beast within form. the
2: beast yeah, within exactly. yeah yeah um yeah i totally agree with everything you you, you said there um I also really just like the, um, you know, the, the the fine line between man and beast, you know, uh, the course of our evolution uh, and like, you know, how we still have that reptilian brain, that part of us, you know, and the the werewolf uh, brings that out of us. Like you were saying with the, the beast within aspect of the story, I love how primal and feral uh, uh, the, the the whole concept is of man kind of reverting to a primitive state, you know. Um, so, yeah, I really like that. And, of course, it's fantasy, but somehow it feels more real to me than a vampire which, like, lives forever and can fly and does all these, these things that are so supernatural, whereas, of course, a werewolf is supernatural, but it feels almost more like it could actually happen compared to a vampire, you know? In, in a in a weird, stupid way, I know. But it's, it just it feels more, you know, like it, it, that's more of like a, Uh, a reverse evolution you know type of thing in a way i don't know yeah
1: in conjunction with the reverse vampires (laughs) (laughs) um i'll just i was going to just comment on that quick quickly because i know we will talk about this when we do our our dracula episode vampires Mm. uh but one of the things that i i do not like is the reluctant vampire trope which i think there's a lot of actually mm. you're commenting like they love being vampires yeah they should but there's so much like oh no i don't want to kill people uh, <laughs> i hate that shit so we'll talk yeah. about the vampire thing but anyway no, so- mm. okay.
2: yeah i don't i don't necessarily mind mind that i think it, you know like you when you get into like you know interview with a vampire and, and things like that where you have some of the vampires really love it and others are like not happy to be the way that they are um you know i think it can work depending on the structure of the story but dracula no way dracula loves being a vampire hands down he is not tortured by it he's the king of the vampires who wouldn't love that right hey exactly <laughs> yeah so house of dracula fuck off with your stupid <laughs> plot <laughs> fuck off <House> dracula um. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, other werewolf movies, uh, we don't necessarily need to go in chronological order or anything like that. But, you know, we did have, you know, uh, Curse of the Werewolf. Uh, you know, we did have like those those hammer horror films where you had these monstrous wolf men and the the heaving bosoms uh, <laughs> along with mm-hmm. them, which is so popular in uh, in those hammer films, which is one of the reasons I love them. Um, but let's talk about some of our favorite werewolf movies uh scott being our guest why don't you tell us do you have a favorite werewolf movie
3: i mean it's it's pretty pretty standard but i the for my money the two best werewolf movies ever came out both came out within a few months of each other in 1981
2: uh, i know so, i know what you uh, uh, yep, yeah
3: so yep. Amer- an american werewolf in london and the howling
2: yes um
3: and i Excellent. i i love them both and i I go back and forth on which one I love the most. Uh, you know, if you ask me today, I'm going to go with the Howling. Mm. So
2: but they're both-, both both excellent choices. There, there's not a wrong answer there. You yeah. know, if like if you say either one, you're you're right. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. And but like uh, you know, like it, 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 like you said, it's kind of just like the, uh, the generic or go to answer. But it's it is because for a very good reason. They're excellent. They have excellent werewolf transformation scenes. Excellent story. Very well done. The eighties was very much like, um like a, a golden era for werewolves between those and Teen Wolf and silver bullet. And uh you know, like it, we had a lot of great werewolf stuff in the eighties. And I think that might, I think that might have some influence, had, might've had some influence on me liking werewolves so much uh, uh, is because werewolves were so prominent in, in enormously popular movies in the eighties, where as dracula not so much we did have vampires we did have near dark and lost boys and all that but not so much dracula uh in the 80s you know except maybe in like monster squad and shit like that
0: yeah
3: that that so, may have been having to deal with universal and having to deal with uh maybe the legosi estate or something like that i'm yeah, not i'm not sure
2: yeah i don't i don't know because like that's not necessarily a universal property dracula no i
3: know? just i mean the uh that that the what the, is all the, become the most notable design gotcha you know yeah, the yeah. visual representation of of
2: dracula yeah yeah well they were also coming off of the 70s with all the christopher lee dracula so maybe mm-hmm. it was like a feeling yeah. of over oversaturation too that's true yeah. yeah 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 john wayne do you have a favorite werewolf movie
1: uh i do uh, but but i want to also talk about what i want to say my favorite werewolf movie is uh teen wolf Um uh, yes but i don't want to talk about that <laughs> i want to talk about uh one of the movies i watched uh during this uh is a little movie called weed wolf um oh I my god can, i cannot
2: uh <laughs> i re- can imagine i cannot recommend
1: about. more that you do not watch this movie <laughs> it's uh <clears throat> It's like John
3: Wayne I, you know, took the hit, so to speak. I'm like, <laughs> I'm
1: you. like, ah, Weed wolves, yeah, watch this one tonight, man. Uh, yeah. uh, and uh it's it's like if you if you and your buddy, like when you were 19 or whatever, had a video camera were like oh, we're going to make this movie. It's going to be so cool and funny. And then you do, and you think it is, but like nobody else does. Right. Because right. it's like just jammed together, cuts, like, Kind of like, kind of like the centered, show. Kind of. It's <laughs> like kind of being, trying to be all weird with like different filters and cuts to like nothing and coming back to like, just, just mm. odd. But other than, aside from that, like it, it came out in 2010, Uh, but it was like, they, there's, use of the f word thrown about um not fuck uh, oh no uh they oh okay i thought you meant fuck no not uh, (laughs) i was gonna say oh no why are you even mentioning uh, (laughs) that that like yeah you f you know and then there's uh, a lot of the offensive uh, f word yeah a lot of a lot of more white people saying the n-word than i'm comfortable with which is really oh wow yeah, but they're like you know my n word my you know they're trying to do it like that uh, yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah. Bizarre. it's it, the werewolf comes I guess and kills you if you're smoking weed maybe I'm not sure but like it's just a guy <laughs> in Hall- talks, <laughs> like, a spirit Halloween costume or some shit and uh, wow this
2: sounds like a real gem
1: bro and it, it's over two hours long a <laughs> guy like, we were watching it and I was like no <laughs> we don't have to watch <laughs> the rest
0: of this and I that's I unacceptable it. I
1: was watching it with Scarlet and I was like we don't have to watch the rest of this and she was like no bitch. We're invested. Yeah. You made me watch. I was like, I'd make you do it. <laughs> and she's like, We're watching this to the end. She we made you
2: sit it. through it. And day. I was like, yeah. All right. So
1: I paused it, and it was there was still forty five minutes left, and I was like, Wow, no. <laughs> but wow. anyway, I don't recommend that one. Watch Teen Wolf. Yeah, it
2: sounds awful. It sounds yeah. awful. Yeah, it's. Uh, I I definitely love Teen Wolf. Um, Teen Wolf might have been my first werewolf movie that I ever saw. I'm I'm thinking it probably was probably for all of us. Hmm. I was going to say maybe the uh, the,
3: there's a werewolf moment in the Michael Jackson thriller video. That's
2: true. That may have been the
3: first that I saw.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That was obviously not a full length film, but uh, but directed by John Landis who gave us American Wolf in London. Yeah, Uh, no, that's, that's true. That's true. That, That was definitely a, you know, that was, the biggest fucking album of the 80s so yeah that was that was very very prominent um yeah i don't know did i'm trying to remember did that come before after teen wolf that was before because that was Was like that was like 83 83 83? yeah so i guess that was teen wolf was probably what like 86 yeah it was after back to the future so it had to be after yeah it had to be six or so yeah it had to be after um after 85 what's that i think it was 87 but yeah, okay. I think I think that's that sounds right. Yeah, eighty seven. Um, yeah, so okay, yeah, so you're right. Thriller was definitely first. So that might have been. Yeah, that might that probably was. Um, but I think about Teen Wolf. I think was my first werewolf movie, probably. But then at the same time, um, I always liked horror, even as a kid. And I've said this several times on you know, on the show, but I'll say it again. I was allowed to watch the old black and white stuff. I wasn't allowed to watch the modern stuff. That was you know because I was a child. They're like, no, you're not going to watch uh you know the texas chainsaw massacre no you're not uh but you know house of dracula is just fine (laughs) (laughs) um so i don't know but i i very much remember you know Teen wolf being uh like a a huge deal when i was a kid i absolutely loved it and i still love it it's a great fucking movie it's so fun um and of course it you know it had that whole like you know because he's young he's a teen wolf you know and of course we had there was oh. um yeah you get it at the time <laughs> i get it now yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm i'm really mansplaining it yeah uh <laughs> but like but you know as a kid you're like oh he's almost he's more like me because you know like more than larry talbot is because larry talbot's a grown man and everything uh yeah so like the fact that he's a teen and we were kids you know there's that that relation uh of course there was a movie before it uh starring the great michael landon of, of highway to heaven which was i was a teenage werewolf which was from the 1950s oh, yeah. uh yeah which uh of course predates obviously uh teen wolf but um that one was played more for scares whereas teen wolf was like more fun and fun, comedic yeah. he's yeah. playing basketball and he's hood surfing he
1: Duncan
2: he's going yeah he's having a good old time that's great you don't get that in uh in uh, I Was a Teenage Werewolf. You don't get that. Oh, but that's another thing in the 80s that had a werewolf is, is Highway to Heaven. There is a Halloween episode mm-hmm. where, he turns Michael, into a where he turns into a werewolf. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. I loved yeah. that episode. Well, you know, he does it to scare, like these bullies are picking on a kid trying to steal his Halloween candy on Halloween. And so Michael Landon, because he's an angel, he can turn into anything. So he turns into a werewolf. And he looks very much like the adult version of I Was a Teenage Werewolf, which he you know, played his kid uh, oh, as wow. a teenager. Uh, and I, so I remember that I watched that episode a lot like I taped it and you know anything monsters anything Halloween I loved as a kid and I watched that episode many many times so that was another like initiation into werewolfism
1: I guess cool. <laughs> nice <laughs> what was your well, favorite then do you want to say your favorite before yes yes
2: Um, uh, my favorite is American Wolf in London um as much as I love the howling and in fact uh I'll I'll mention my second favorite in a second here um i love the howling but american world in london is is definitely above it for me um it's just I, I love the story the werewolf transformation is hands down the greatest in in cinema history to me even you know even better than the howling and, and a lot of the stuff that came many years later uh, it still holds up to me as the best werewolf transformation and it's just it's got everything it's you know it's it's funny it's scary it's it's sexy it has a lot of a lot going for it uh but my second favorite is actually um lesser known uh but of course it's known by us horror fans but it's a lesser known movie and that's ginger snaps oh yeah
1: we talked i
3: to was about gonna it. mention that at some point
2: yeah yeah i absolutely love that movie um i think it's one of the best you know uh it, it kind of combines that whole tortured you know uh werewolf character with the teen uh werewolf character who's kind of enjoying it You know, at the same time, Uh, really a great movie and really uh, delves uh, really well into the whole, like John Wayne was saying earlier, like the mythology of like, where does this come from? And like, they've got the character who's like doing, trying to do like a homeopathic remedy for it. Um, And and Ginger Snaps 2 is also very good. I think I really like that sequel, although I'm not a big fan of the the third one. I wasn't a big fan of that one, but
3: uh, I don't think I've seen either of the sequels, but.
2: The, yeah the first one's great the the part two is is very very good and it has a really great dark ending i would definitely recommend you check out part two yeah. uh part three is i don't know what they were trying to do with it it's it it's the same two actresses and it's a werewolf movie but it doesn't really have much to do with the first two movies it's them in like medieval times you know mm-hmm. it's very bizarre i don't know where they were really going with it and it just didn't work for me um i may be remembering some of it wrong here but uh, i um Is it a prequel or is it just a kind of story, but kind of, but they're different characters, but it's the same actresses. But again, I only saw it once and didn't like it. So I may be foggy on details, but part two, I definitely recommend you should check it out. Yes. Very good. Movie. It's
3: on the list. It's on the never ending list.
2: Yeah. That's what people say when they're like, yeah, yeah, I'll watch it. And they never will. They're like, Oh, I'll put it on the list. (laughs) I will. (laughs) Uh, You, I believe you, I believe you'll watch it. Yeah. You, you are an, a horror encyclopedia so yeah <laughs> a I would um,
3: recommend um for anybody who's interested in like in digging a little deeper um earlier John Wayne mentioned the uh the werewolf versus the the vampire woman and that was a Paul Nashe film
0: mm-mm. he did he
3: was uh, one of the main actors in that and he did a whole series of of werewolf films where he played the same uh Essentially, the same character. He had the same name through all of them, but they were each, each uh, individual stories. I, he's the I don't he's
1: The werewolf guy in there. That's him. The... What's what's that? He's playing the werewolf. The
2: director. Yeah. His... yeah. Oh okay. He, okay. Well, he's.
3: I don't. I don't know. He directed some of them. I don't. I don't remember which ones he's directed and which ones he didn't. But what were the names of some of the them, other?
2: Because like, I don't. I don't even. Why do I um, not know these? What were the well, them? They're,
3: they're kind of known as like the uh, the character is kind of known as El El Hombre Lobo. Um, okay. And so there's um, like the English titles are uh, like Night of the Howling Beast, Night of the Werewolf, The Fury of the Wolfman. Okay. Um,
2: there's one called, had, I don't know any of these. Uh, yeah, there's one called on.
3: Frankenstein's Bloody Terror, which is actually more of a <laughs> Wolfman movie, um, following in the tradition of of the Universal uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> naming conventions. But um, yeah, I, there's a, a lot of them are on uh, Tubi, Tubi, yeah, and right. I'm sure some other streaming services as well. So you mm. can you can find them there. But yeah, I, I've been lucky enough to see some of them on film in theaters, um, which is always a fun time. So they're good? They're, I mean, it,
1: it they was ha- not- <laughs> <laughs> I was involved. You- I, I was, I like, I enjoyed watching it. It's like a fine movie. Like the transfer that I don't know, like, there's a lot of super dark shots that was like a pet, mm-hmm. like, the only thing that was kind of like,
2: there's just like no light in
1: some of the shots where it's just you're yeah. almost, yeah, like a well, black sometimes,
2: well, sometimes, to be fair, when you're watching stuff on like Tubi and things like that. Uh, it's it's like not a cleaned up version no, like, I get like on, the transfer yeah.
1: that I, I watched was obviously not a good one. So there's right, probably, right. Yeah, there's
3: a lot of like VHS rips that find their way onto the yeah. Tubi and Prime and stuff like that. I would say yeah. I mean, knowing knowing what I know of your tastes, Chris, I think mm-hmm. you you might you might appreciate it. Like if you yeah. like if you like seventies Euro horror, like they're gonna be your kind of thing.
2: Yeah, so, all right. Oh, yeah. yeah, I they I yeah. you know I might I you know I might like look at one and and be like oh yeah wait I know this but uh, right now hearing you guys talk about it it's like I'm a total blank on that so that's always fun for me when I just when I'm introduced to something that I that you know in the horror genre that I don't know it's always fun for me <laughs> yeah, yeah check them out oh <laughs> well, if I'm gonna be the professor and wear the fucking cardigan I got to know right
3: <laughs> got to do your research <laughs> yes
2: yes.
1: Uh, so broadening your your teaching horizons soon you know yeah gotta broaden the horizons.
2: um so other werewolf movies uh that we can we could talk about so we brought up ginger snaps we uh, well we kind of in passing mentioned silver bullet which uh of course is the uh this the based on stephen king's cycle of the werewolf you know stephen king being the, the most well-known horror author so this is kind of uh you know, important to mention Silver Bullet. It's also just a great movie, and it stars one of the Corries, Uh, of course, John Wayne and I love our corey so it stars mm-hmm. Corey Haim mm-hmm. and uh Gary Busey. Like, when I think Gary Busey, Silver Bullet is the first thing that comes to mind for me. Um, it's like before Buddy Holly or any of that shit. It's just no before lethal weapon, think like, it's fucking silver bullet. That's what I think of first. <laughs>
1: that is a good one
2: <clears throat> for that scene where, like, you know, the kid pulls up on his motorbike. And for no reason whatsoever at all, Gary is just laying in the driveway, just like, ah, yeah. He's just, it's like, what is he doing? He's just wasted all the time. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I used to watch that one a lot as a kid, probably probably the same number of times as I saw Teen Wolf.
2: Yeah, I watched when it I have, a lot too.
3: Yeah, I haven't seen it in a long time though. So
2: I think it holds up well. I really liked that movie. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's one of the, the great werewolf movies of the 80s, man. Really good one. Yeah. Um, so uh i, I do want to we have to talk about the wolfman from 2010 no, I uh, yeah i know but we really <laughs> shouldn't we really shouldn't because god damn was it bad um and it's directed by joe johnston for uh from screenplay by andrew kevin walker uh it's is a remake of the 1941 film it stars benicio del toro uh anthony hopkins emily blunt and hugo weaving uh this movie like it it follows the the first one like the plot but then it also changes a lot of things uh but it it does for the most part stick to the story um uh, but then in in the course of changing things they change some of the characters dramatically um it was just just bad uh, uh the, the special effects were good the, i think it won some awards for the special effects uh but it it didn't really do well when it came out and it's kind of just panned. Uh looking at my note, the uh the Rotten uh Tomatoes film has approval rating of 33 percent mm. Uh whereas the original Wolfman has like a 90% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So you know it gives you an idea of the uh the drop-off that yeah. we had. Uh now there are there are still some talk of other reboots of the Wolfman, not just Wolf movies, but um but the Wolfman. Uh Universal's uh 2012 film called Werewolf the Beast Among Us was originally planned as a spin-off from the first film, the one with benicio del Toro. But it was ultimately they changed it so it was unrelated because the Wolfman, you know, didn't do very well. Uh so then there were there was the, the talk of the whole dark universe, which has been talked about left and right, you know, but they just continued to kind of fail in doing it. Like they failed with the, the Tom Cruise, the mummy movie and so forth. That was supposed to relaunch it again. And it just didn't work. Um, <clears throat> so they, but they're still planning to do, like they, they keep planning to do this Wolfman in uh, in 2016, it was reported that Dwayne, the rock Johnson was going to star as the Wolfman in a remake of Wolfman. Because when you think of a common <laughs> everyday man <laughs> to, to suddenly turn into a beast, you think The Rock? I mean, he's the most common everyday Joe. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. Just <clears throat> so, I mean, that's, that's like a perfect example of Hollywood missing the fucking point. You know, it's like this is supposed to be a normal guy who becomes a beast, not a guy who's, who is a beast uh, uh, in and of himself. Uh, so, um, uh, uh, yeah. So, the, So the mummy flopped in 2017. So that ended plans for a lot of this stuff. But in May 2020. Uh, following the success of the Invisible Man, which was a, a, a recent you know, reincarnation of the Universal monster that did do well and was well received, mm-hmm. uh, it was confirmed that a new Wolfman film had entered development with Ryan Gosling set to star as the Wolfman, uh, and apparently uh-huh. this is still this is still being made uh, 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 since 2021. At like the last last reported, but apparently this is still somewhat in production. So we may in near future see Ryan Gosling as our new Wolfman.
0: Wow.
3: I was going to say I figured there was something in development because I I had read some some story somewhere not that long ago about how they were at the like the Universal Studios park in Florida that they're actually like building like a I don't know like a subsection of it that's going to be all universal monsters
2: oh, which cool. would be really well, that cool. to would be to great. Visit.
3: Yeah, that would be great. Um, so I can't imagine any reason they would be doing that if they didn't have films out there to, to coincide um, because I, I, I don't know <laughs> just, <laughs> just, why, why else would they do it if they, if there was no reason to make money? Well, you um, know, what's,
2: you know, what's funny though is um is they did do it once, once or twice um, with the Universal's Halloween Horror Nights because I yeah. went to one uh, where they had they set up a haunted house that was all the Universal monsters and like each room you went into was a different set and that was kind of cool and they always had the uh, the Universal Monsters Cafe where you could go and eat with the, and like the whole cafe was themed but they re- they just recently tore that down so I wonder if that's like you would, if they tore that down then why would they be doing yeah, but I, don't so, I don't know who knows maybe, what they're up to. Maybe they
3: tore it down to rebuild it in this, in this new. Yeah. Arc. Maybe that's I, it. I don't know. Maybe that's yeah.
2: it. Interestingly enough, uh, Cortland Hull, who has the wax museum that I mentioned, which is dungeon and who is the great nephew of Henry Hull, uh, Cortland Hull made the, the figures, uh, or made some of the figures in the, um, in that universal studios cafe including making the Wolfman. So the great nephew of the guy who played the werewolf wow. of London ended up making the the Wolfman based on the Lon Chaney for the universal.
3: Oh, that's really cool. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's just a fun little, fun little, little known trivia there. Nice. Yeah.
3: It, I don't know if you guys have seen this is a little bit off topic, but um, there's a uh, short film. I was just reminded of earlier today, actually called uh, the United monster talent agency. Have you guys ever seen that? No. It's it, you can find it on YouTube and it's a lot of fun. It's actually directed by Greg Nicotero hmm. of Can be effects and it was yeah. now you know got got very heavily involved in in Walking Dead and, and uh, uh, the Creep show series. yeah on yeah he's a big
2: big name um, in FX. yeah
3: yeah, yeah. so he did this. I think this was like the first thing he ever directed. Um, and it's it's like I don't know, it's like eight minutes long something like that and it's really cool it's done in the style of like an old newsreel um from i don't know the 40s or something and the whole mm-hmm. the whole concept of it is that um they they're showing they open with a scene from uh creature from the black lagoon and then they pull back to reveal the director yelling cut and then some people run in with a cargo net and throw it over the creature <laughs> as if the creature's him. a
2: real creature then you so, exactly the and that's oh, that's that's fun. the whole
3: concept is that there's this agency that supply the monsters <laughs> to the movies to use
2: for oh, their stories. Cool. so that sounds yeah, great yeah. What, what's yeah. that called again monster it's talent,
3: called talent agency the united monster talent agency
2: okay yeah, yeah that's good
3: there's like there's a lot of like fun cameos in it too like eli roth and dana gould and jeffrey combs robert rodriguez
2: oh. people like oh, wow. all wow yeah. these like little bit parts so oh wow yeah definitely check that out i did i had no idea this is why i love having you on because you you're one of the (laughs) few people who who will fill me in on horror shit that i don't know usually (laughs) people are like oh i got this cool thing i'm like yeah i know that but you pull out you know this weird obscure stuff so deep cuts yeah you are (laughs) you are the deep slices man the slices (laughs) bring it all back together yeah well I think that's, I think we've covered a whole lot of werewolfism. Is there anything else? I mean, there's many, many other werewolf movies and werewolf stories. Uh, In fact, there's a, a, there's a book series by a guy named Christopher Triana. That's really good. Uh, The 13th coyote and Ballad of the werevixens out now, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but there are many, many other werewolf stories, Um, but I can't possibly talk about them all. We'll be, we'll be on all night. So (laughs) But before we go is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about with the werewolves anything else i, I wanted to get, get
1: a in. no i'm glad we talked about the who's definitely like Peter nash <laughs> as I, you said uh directed those paul nashy paul nash paul, paul. nashy yeah because that's yeah. uh because like i said like that was the only one i watched but there's a bunch of them on on tubi and uh yeah will be fun a little you know i want to go back and watch some more now so yeah
2: yeah. We'll yeah uh see. so for for those uh you know, for those of you listening that may want to check out some of the movies, um, like a lot of these old classic films, uh, there is a free streaming channel called, you know, Classic Movie Monsters, where you can watch most of these. Uh, you know, you've got to watch the stupid commercials they throw in, but you can watch all of these. Invisible Man, Wolfman, Frankenstein, uh, almost all of them are on there. So that's a good resource if you want to watch these on the cheap. It's a free channel that you can download. Hell yeah. Hell yeah awesome scott thanks for being with us uh here today dude
3: thank you thanks for having me back it's always great to talk to
2: you guys always a pleasure uh and i think that wraps up our wolfman show so shall we end it with a howl a a three-man howl huh we should
1: now we have to (laughs) (laughs)